Well, greetings, imagination connoisseurs and all you Padawans. Welcome to the John Campion Show, Obi-Wan Kenobi After Show. Mm-hmm. I'm running the show today, but I have, of course, the lovely Chris Carr here with me. Yeah. I think Chris Carr is a secret Sith Lord myself. I don't know if I'm that secretive about it. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. You're not secretive about it. But we're going to talk about Empire Strikes. Oh, wait, no, just episode yeah. five. <laughs> episode five of the Kenobi series. And we're going to talk about what we loved about about what, what we loved about it, what we didn't like about it, what yeah. we thought worked, what we thought didn't work. Maybe you thought everything worked. Maybe you thought nothing worked. I, I'm kind of, I have to say, as a longtime, lifelong, 45-year-long Star Wars fan, I still find myself perplexed mm-hmm. by this show. Um, on one hand, there's lots of stuff that I should love. Yeah. I think one of the things that we've been talking about, John and I have been talking about, of course, they're going to have a flashback. They've got to do it. You can't just have Hayden Christensen dressed as Vader. What a waste. And sitting in a back to tank. Yeah. And, well, we got that. We got that flashback sequence. But unfortunately, I mean, while we got it, mm-hmm. it was a duel. It was it was a training duel that was stretched out over the course of the entire show. Now I have to I have to say, Chris, we were just talking about this before the show went on. I asked you, "Hey, we get to see a beautiful shot. It looks like a nice crisp fall day over the Coruscant, yeah, Coruscant skies." And I said to her, "I said to you, I go, what's missing from this shot?" Right. And it's a very clear day in Coruscant, apparently. There's no traffic anymore. <laughs> I mean, maybe as you look at this, you think to yourself, maybe gas prices on Coruscant are as They've high as they are here in America. They have skyrocketed. Yeah. No speeders in the sky. Well, as, as producer Jonathan pointed out, too, you can see little speedways up here, but it almost looks just like birds. It's so minuscule in the background. And there was a bombacity to Coruscant before in the prequels. It doesn't even look like anyone's living there. Yeah. I mean, and and this perplexed me because at first I'm like, where are we? Yeah. I mean, where is this place that there doesn't appear to be anyone living? Mm-hmm. Is it I Am Legend and Will Smith is down there somewhere with his dog trying to make his way in the world, trying is to figure it, out what happened to all the LA people? It's LA around Christmas where you can get a sandwich whenever you want to quote it's, Patton Oswalt. It's true. <laughs> but now I have to say, I was immediately tickled by the fact that we're finally getting a flashback yeah. sequence. And and the I like the choreography. The dueling choreography mm-hmm. in this sequence was pretty good. And why shouldn't it be? Because it harks back to, I mean, these are the two men that have probably fought on camera with lightsabers the most of anyone. Yeah. Hayden Christensen, Ewan McGregor, the entire climax of Revenge of the Sith was them fighting. They probably mm-hmm. were shooting it for weeks. I haven't watched the behind the scenes in a while, so I don't know how many weeks, but a long time. I thought Hayden Christensen looked good. Somebody yeah. could say, like, why didn't they use more de-aging technology I'm on I'm so glad they didn't. Yeah, me too. I'm really glad because, look, I mean, if we're going to just be honest here, of course, these people have aged since they've done the prequels. Sure. But they've also aged in a very Hollywood kind of way. Hayden Christensen still looks great. He looks great. Ian McGregor still looks great. And clearly, this is Attack of the Clones, or it's supposed to be Attack of the Clones yeah. era. Obi-Wan and uh, Anakin, because he does not have his long, long hair. Exactly. He doesn't have his Sith long hair yet. Revenge yeah. of the Sith. When you become a bad boy, you get a shaggy do. It's true. Mm. You know, you just don't comb your hair anymore. Yeah. And do you, you don't condition Why or anything. Why would you? The dark but side doesn't give a fuck. Even in these wide shots, again, nothing in the skies. Mm-hmm. This bothers me. I know this is a minor thing. It's a nitpick. Yeah. But I feel that that one of the one of the things that these shows, especially Kenobi, has lacked for me is the detail. Mm-hmm. One of the great things about the Star Wars universe is all of the detail that's in it. I mean, from the first time you see Star Wars, like when you're in a sand crawler with 3PO 
it's, you're not just the only protocol droid in the sand crawler. It's fraught with droids. Tons of droids, tons of stuff just everywhere. Why is there not tons of stuff in the sky? And to me, it's more of a metaphor about this whole show. So this duel, this flashback duel, I wanted a flashback. Yeah. But at the end of this duel that was strung out over the course of the entire show, the only really thing that you learn about this is, you know, you shouldn't always go for the kill shot. Like the most basic of Jedi messages or Mm -hmm. uh, uh, lessons to learn in the show was sort of imparted to us by the end. But we already know this, don't we? We do. We already know this about Anakin. And what's great is we've talked a lot about this off camera, about how there's great ideas here and they don't always follow through on the execution of those ideas, right? Because if this was a long through line of Obi-Wan saying, there were so many red flags, there were so many moments where I should have gone, my Padawan is going down a very dark path and I don't know how to stop him and I really need to intervene. If we were getting more of that shown to us, I would love this flashback even more because I liked it for what it is. It, it pointed out what was great about the prequels, right? Their dynamic, their fight scenes, their right. energy with one of another. But it also then goes to show you how they're not following through on a lot of these character issues and how they're really, really feeling about the relationship they now have with each other. That's the fun thing that I want to explore here. That's the, the meaty goodness of this show. The failure. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but it's it's true. I mean, I feel like this particular show lacks the nuance about we'll call it human, but behavior, mm-hmm. the people's behavior. And the, this, the, this series, as we've, as was revealed in this episode, deals with the grand themes that we've seen throughout human history, whether it's in the plays of Shakespeare or pick, pick your favorite literary works of revenge, playing the long game. Yeah. You brought up Count of Monte, Count of Monte Cristo, Cristo. Um, which is a great example. So if you're playing the long game to achieve revenge, um, that's what we learn. We learn about Inquisitor Riva, mm-hmm. uh, and we learn that she's been playing a long game of revenge, which to me, suddenly I ask myself, well, who's this show really about then? Like, who's the focus of this show? Because Obi-Wan Kenobi has just been reacting to people asking him to do things. Whereas Reva has been biding her time and doing something. I mean, literally her plan is to kill Darth Vader. It's been a decade in the making. A decade in the making. And as we pointed out, look, I love that idea. Mm -hmm. I love the idea that the character of Reva is surprised to no one that she was the youngling from the first episode. Not a surprise to anybody. We we knew this was going to happen. And if you read the Reddit leaks, you knew it too. But so the that idea is great. But I feel like we don't know that. It's so clunky. And it's it's let, let, let's do an info dump and tell you everything that's going on with her mm-hmm. in this episode. And it's like, okay, we've seen Reva cut off the hands of innocent people. Yes. We've seen her. How many people in her job as Inquisitor has she murdered? And if she's upset because her, like you said, uh, her her family, her adoptive mm-hmm. family was murdered in the Jedi Temple yeah. 20 years ago, does that give her, can she, how many people have Inquisitors gone after? How many Force sensitives and ex-Jedi? Even on this show, we saw her cut off a few limbs and we saw a Jedi, a former Jedi, hang himself. Yes. Or they be hung, hung him. Be hung, yeah. Be hung. They hanged him. Hanged him. There we and, go. And um, uh, so... 
what's she looking for? Like, where's the redemption come well, from? And, and this is where the six episode structure is such a disservice to your storytelling, right? Because we'd be able to get some nuance in here if we had the space to do it. Because right now, we had to make sure we start wrapping this up, right? Hey, no, she's playing the long game. She's playing chess. This is why she's really angry. And this is her end goal. But then you don't get any of that juicy, like, nuance in there because we had to force feed it to you very, very quickly because there's so much to cover in this story, right? right? Because we have that great line of, you don't know what I've had to do alone. And it's just a tweak on that read, right? Of she's been alone this whole time, but she's also done all these horrible, horrible things. So where is all of that bit of the story with her? probably lost somewhere between episode five and six that we'll never get of the struggle she's had, the choices she's had to make. It feels like she's living with herself very well with all of these very horrible choices. The thing she was willing to do to a child also is very disturbing given her past treatment. So again, it's just one of those things where I don't think the storylines are earning what the payoff is supposed to be for us as an audience. I I completely agree. And the thing is, these elements, however, is great. They're rad. The, 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 the ideas behind all these things are really, really well done and, and really well thought out. The problem is the way that the story has been structured and the way it's unfolded, it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, I feel like we're being, we, we're jerked from place to place. Now, suddenly with this revelation, the, Reva's story becomes like, where's this story? Mm-hmm. Like, when did she, she, she knows who she's known. We learn why she's known who Darth Vader is the whole time. Yes. But what was she doing to become an inquisitor? Like, did she go to junior high and high school? Like, what did she do? Who brought her up? Who brought her into the order? How was she able to mask her, her desire about what she, she was, was going, going to do? She was going to Sith Valley High. Sith. See, I want to see that show. I would watch I, the shit out of that. But but so this is really interesting. Now Kenobi himself, Kenobi and Leia, and and now the rebels and uh, Tala, Tala, keep, Tala, yeah. Tala, who might be my favorite character of she this was. new show. Yes, she, she was. was my favorite. Yeah, she was, but not anymore. Yeah. Um, but I did like her, you know, and in mm-hmm. and, and, and great, I guess, Star Wars fashion, she sacrificed herself for the greater good. Yeah, which I did think was wonderful. And I was very sad we weren't getting more of her because I do think that had emotional payoff to it. The the droid coming to her aid, too, I thought was lovely, although I'm sad we didn't get the payoff of the droid finally communicating. I was waiting for that. I mean, you tell me two times that they're not allowed to speak. They're not allowed to communicate. Chekhov's gun. Star Wars, uh, yeah. okay? <laughs> you can't set me up like that. Then I need to at least hear, hear one final line of, I'll protect you, or or I thank you, or something. Or how about a, may the force be with you? Yeah. Something. Something like that. And and these are, what I don't understand is these are basic, right? If I was in a writing 101 college course, and I wrote this script, my teacher would be like, ah, uh, ah, uh, uh. You know, you need to pay this off. Yeah. You've, you've set this character up, this, and he's noble. Mm-hmm. You know, this 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 droid is noble and you're waiting for the droid to have one last final thing. We've been working together. You're my partner. One yeah. thing. Say anything. And so with Kenobi here, I feel like Kenobi's kind of the guest in his own show. Yeah. It's it bit started of a out, problem. Uh, yes. And the, the first episode, both John and I were talking about, really loved the first episode. Loved it. The setup, the whole thing. And and I feel that, you know, Kenobi is a man who is dealing with utter failure. Mm-hmm. His belief system, everything he trained to be, 
uh, his even his Padawan, who he saw, he saw it happening. He saw, but he was refused to believe it. Yeah, he's utterly failed. So he's suffering the worst kind of survivor's guilt. This is not a redemption arc because he reluctantly came here. He's like, oh, well, the only reason I'm doing this is because it's Leia. If it was anyone else, he let a Jedi die. A Jedi came to him for help. Please help me. Nope. I'm not going to. So he not only has survivor's guilt in the last 10 years, he has guilt. He should have guilt for allowing a force sensitive Jedi to die on his watch on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. didn't help him. So I'm waiting for them to address these things. Yeah. And I, I do want to touch on, too, what is great about the episode is the acting really does shine, I think. I, I think thought so, Ewan too. McGregor does so much great stuff in here. And there's that lovely moment between him and Reva where it is, oh, I am, I feel all this hate coming off of her. You should have been there. This is your fault. I blame you, too. That always wonderful. Him having that guilt go across his face and everything. And then that killer, killer, almost Rorschachian line of I'm bringing him about Vader. Oh, I got chills. We rewound that part several times. Like those things were great in this. Well, but but that's because it's dealing with the story they wanted to tell. And, you know, what's really interesting is in a way, this is kind of a triumvirate story because on one hand, you have Vader, you have Reva, and you have Kenobi. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of a tr- each sides of a triangle, the points of a triangle. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, f- for the most part, like Vader has walked onto this story. But if this whole thing is Reva's long game, I would love to have seen more of their relationship, Vader and Reva's relationship. Yes. Like, how does she, how is she not standing in a room with him at every opportunity? Because he doesn't know. I mean, she could attack him at any in the last 10 years. How did she get in rooms with him and just be normal? Well, then and then the reveal of him knowing right of do you think I didn't recognize you, youngling? Well, then I wish we got again. And this is where we need more time. I wish I got to see a cat and mouse game here. I wish I got to see him going. No, no, I'm going to mentor her. I'm going to make her hate turn to love or I'm going to put her in the position that all Sith Lords do of strike down your master. Yeah, come for me. Yeah. Come for me. Yes. But, and I will say, I love that we get that moment of like, I can stop your lightsaber so easy. That's a great moment. (laughs) That was my favorite thing was her battle with Vader. Yeah. Because Vader's like, he doesn't even... I don't think he uses his own lightsaber at all. He's using her lightsaber. And then it's just kind of the point where whatever, like he just... It's not even worth his time. He's so bored by it, which I love that choice. I thought it was great. This is so beneath me. And I love that this is what you have been plotting to do. You've wasted your life trying to do this. (laughs) But I would like to see those points hit even harder. Exactly. Now, I don't know if Vader's, people have said Vader's too overpowered in this episode, you know, uh, like the uh, uh, Force Unleashed bringing it. I don't know if Vader's supposed to be that powerful. I mean, I do like that moment. A little shout out to the video game. I always appreciate that kind of stuff. But the effects looked a little video game. I think the effects in Force Unleashed looked better. That was 10 years ago or whatever <laughs> but but again the effects and the design work in this i, I don't dig it mm-hmm. but i did love I, I did love all of that stuff i mean it's funny when they concentrate on vader and reva's relationship or kenobi and reva like mm-hmm. all this stuff that's going on princess leia even she had her moments she got to go yeah. save people digging through wires getting lola getting lola to stop being an evil robot <laughs> Another thing about that I don't quite understand. I mean, it's one thing to put a tracker. I was saying this to you earlier. Yeah. It's one thing to put a tracker on a robot. But since when did you mind control a, a droid? You know, yeah. you reprogram the whole droid. That seems the like little, the little doohickey that she just goes, oh, 
An yeah. inhibitor. And uh, it's whatever I need you to be. Yeah. Mm. It has a lot of that to it. Yeah, yeah. Don't, didn't, didn't, well, didn't dig it. And speaking of Leia, we, of course, then ep- end the episode with Reva after, you know, being left for dead, hearing on that communicator, that very, very well-placed communicator, Jimmy Smith, what you doing calling Obi-Wan on his mission? Irresponsible. Yeah, you're calling Obi-Wan on a mission while he's at a secret rebel base. Yeah, it's not great time. You know, I mean, it's the, these are not, uh, I'll call you when I need you. Yeah. This is why, of, texting. Texting would be great in the Star Wars universe. And of course, that information is just given given over to her. Overheard by Riva that there is another child on Tatooine. And this is one of those things where, again, I think the writers got to be real careful here because you cannot act like anything is important on Tatooine for Vader. Otherwise, this negates so much of the story. Oh, it does. Because if he has any inkling that there's something going on, why hasn't he gone there before? Exactly. I mean, and I, I'm still not convinced. I, I, again, I think that there was a much better show here than the writing. Uh, again, for me, it's always about writing. Mm-hmm. They have all the they have all the ingredients, but I feel like they didn't cook it well. Exactly. That's a really great metaphor for this. <laughs> now, where we leave off on this too, with something going happening to Luke. Well, we can say because it's a spoiler show. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, with, you know, Reva probably going after Luke. Oh. Do you think this is, she is still on this like mindset of I will kill or harm a kid to get to this guy? What do you think is going to happen in this well, final I, episode? I, I'm a little, I'm a little, see, why does anybody seem to care? Like, we know why people care about Leia because she's the daughter of a diplomat. Mm-hmm. There's no reason, they, they, they're playing this, I don't think, Reva, Vader, like, do they not sense, like we talked about earlier, Reva's job is an inquisitor. She's force sensitive herself. Wouldn't she feel force? She doesn't feel that there's any force sensitivity. She just says to Leia, oh, you're strong. Yeah. Not like you're the daughter of one of the great force sensitive people that's a Sith Lord. Yeah. Would the same thing be true of of Luke? It doesn't, it doesn't all track, like all the stuff doesn't. And there's always the argument to be made, too, that, you know, later on in the films is when we really learn more about Leia and her force sensitivity and all of that. We just get little inklings of it. And then, of course, she's a full-blown force user. She's Mary Poppins, y'all. Exactly. So maybe it's a little different when it comes to Luke. But also then, is she just wandering around on Tatooine? Going up to little kids, uh, I, I, trying I, to suss it out? Right, because it's not exactly... <laughs> we don't know where Tatooine's... You know, it's funny. Luke says... If there's a bright center of the universe here on the planet that it's furthest from, and I joked to you earlier, mm-hmm. well, unless you're a pod racer, unless you're Ben Quadneros, like, Ben, what's your favorite planet on the... Yeah. Oh, man, I love Tatooine. I love the Moss. I love the Bunta Eve pod race and Moss oh Espa. Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, we all travel. It's like, it's the Comic-Con of pod racers. We go to Tatooine every year. Jabba the Hutt lives there. I love Ardula that shit the out of the Max there. Rebo band. Absolutely. I and, see you know, every Friday. It's like the Huts <laughs> are hanging out in their palace because they're like, ho, ho, ho. They come out. They're putting on that race, man. The yeah. Huts are sponsoring the Bunta Eve pod race. Mm-hmm. So lots of people must go to Tatooine. Yeah. It's not the backwater berg that they make it out to be in the first movie, oh, in the fourth movie yeah. now. Ray had a great thing where he was like, I just want us to get away from there because I have done the drive from here to Vegas. I've seen Tatooine. <laughs> Take me to space, baby. And, yeah. I, and I understand that too. A story about a galaxy far, far away. You want to see a little bit more galaxy. Yeah, there's, there's. well, we you know, we did see a new rebel base. That's true. You know, Jabim? Let's, let's, Is that it? Jabim, yeah. yeah. And uh, which, again, 
I guess you're going to hide out there. I did. I, look, I did kind of like the massing of the troops to go to battle, you know, seeing this garrison of stormtroopers show up and various other imperial weapons of, you know, they had big guns. And I, I did like the the coming battle, the pitch battle, the the, mm-hmm. the the battle of what could have been Helm's Deep. I mean, something is this could be the end of all their lives. But it is very, it's staged in such a claustrophobic way and not in a way that you feel like you're part of the battle. Nope. And where it's, well, this is the soundstage we have, so figure it out. It just was a little odd. I mean, Jonathan was talking about this, too, of just the way everyone's flanking. It's just, well, you go there. I'll wait to shoot. You go. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, which is a little awkward. But again, you you have to work with the space you're given and everything. So I, I do think that, again, you know, I always complain about using the volume stages and how the shows, I think it really affects the choreography of these action scenes yeah. and it limits the directors in terms of it's got to be hard because you have to use the parallax of the screen. So it's really difficult to come up with beautiful ways to shoot these things. And I yeah. think that actually hampers the overall feel of, of the shows, but I do, I did like the idea behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're literally outside the door. You better lock that door. Yeah. And are we going to be able to open that door so we can fly out of here? Mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of stuff, uh, you could do something a little bit more. I mean, you think about like Jedi, they have to fly deep inside the, the unfinished Death Star through the superstructure. I mean, that to me is Star Wars, mm-hmm. something that's gigantic and massive. But this is kind of like, well, we're in a room here and they're outside our room. And yeah. it's a big room, but I don't know. And seeing uh, this, uh, again, all of these, the, the real meat and potatoes of this story is what's going on with our three Vader, Reva, and, and Kenobi. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, Vader makes her the Grand Inquisitor. Even though the Grand Inquisitor is about to show up again? Well, I do feel like that's the toying thing, right? But then, again, I want more of it and done explicitly. And maybe and, and maybe some of you are going, well, Chris, that maybe makes you a dumb viewer. I do want a little bit more here than, here's your sticky. Okay, you're the Grand Inquisitor. I <laughs> know you're not. I knew that you were a kid that I tried to kill. Whoopsie doodles. No, I don't want that. But for the last 10 years? Mm-hmm. You've been an Inquisitor for 10 years and only now. What if what if Obi-Wan Kenobi wasn't here? And what if she never had, like, Vader didn't know she was going to have Leia kidnapped? You know, what if none of this happened? Would would Vader just be toying with her for the next 10 years? Yeah. As they look throughout the galaxy? And when's she going to make her move then? I mean, I think it's been a decade. Yeah. Like, what are you waiting for? I mean, I'm not a patient person. I, I understand that I live in a time of instant gratification. But if it took me 10 years to kill somebody who murdered all of my friends and, and, you know, surrogate family, I feel like I wouldn't be doing my revenge quest particularly well. I mean, at least Inigo Montoya was actively pursuing (laughs) the man who killed his father. This, I feel like I understand this. Again, the Count of Monte Cristo, right? You buddy up to those people. You get in with them. And then that way, revenge is so much sweeter because you have betrayed them. But the execution here doesn't feel like it would lead to execution. Also, if if you're a guy that spends time in a meditation chamber and a back to tank, these are very vulnerable moments. And if you're allowing, if Reva's walking around your castle on Mustafar, you know, why doesn't she just show up? He's like, oh, okay, he's going to his back to tank at 730. Mm -hmm. Uh, At 735, I'm going to show up and... Yeah. 
right into the back to tank. I'm going to just cut your head off. drown him in the tub. See, this is the, the problem <laughs> is I'm left asking myself this question. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be asking myself these questions. Agreed. Um, but but I did think, I mean, overall, I enjoyed watching this episode. This was a step up from episode four, in my opinion. Very much a step up. Yeah. I just wish that there was more of Kenobi's because none of this is really addressing what happened 10 years ago when at the Jedi Temple and, and what happened in Revenge of the Sith? I mean, the Jedi lost badly. They yeah. were they were defeated utterly, almost almost utterly. And and that's what Kenobi's been dealing with. Mm-hmm. And and we're not like everyone's like, Rob, this is a redemption arc for him. I'm like, it's not. It though. Isn't- he wasn't looking for redemption. He, he's he's reluctantly he's like, oh, OK, I'll go help her. Yeah. You know, and that wasn't necessarily about him i mean when bail organa comes to you 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 have to go yeah and now i feel like where is this going to wind up we have one more episode and the question that i want to know is now is reva going to kill darth vader and the answer to that question is no No. she's not no and and so and so why is this story being told to us what are we going to the 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 next thing that happens after this show Mm -hmm. i mean is star wars like that first movie. Yeah. So we already know where all this is going to go. And I feel it's robbed the story. Like Kenobi, somebody said, I was reading something. Well, now he's a Zen monk. He's all Zen about everything. Is he? He's still in the, he's presumably his same cave overlooking Luke for another decade. Yeah. How is that? Does this story matter then to him? I don't know. Yeah. What is, what is the why of the story? I think is very important here. Because right now it feels the why is, well, we all like you and McGregor as Obi-Wan. Yeah. And that's, that's just not enough. And, and, and now we're going to find out, like, does Reva live or die? Yeah. And at the end of the thing, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I want to know what other people think. Absolutely. I want to know what our viewers think. Yeah. And we're going to get to your super chats and questions. And I hope, I hope you don't uh, stick a lightsaber in my stomach for my opinions. But uh, <laughs> we'll find out after these words from our sponsor, Mint Mobile. Guys, we want to thank the sponsor of today's video, Mint Mobile. You know the one with the delightful ads with good Canadian kid Ryan Reynolds? So look, after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just $15 a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't a catch. And guys, that's no joke because for years I've been using one of the major providers and it was fine. But I switched over to Mint Mobile a little while ago. The service has been fantastic. And the big difference is I'm now paying about one third of what I was paying before. And the best part for anybody who just hates their phone bills is that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just $15 a month. All their plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash campia. That's mintmobile.com slash campia. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash campia. And thanks to our great sponsors over at Mint Mobile. Now we're going to jump in and see what you have to say. Chris, Mm -hmm. 
Take us home. What, 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 what do people have to say here? All right, we're starting with Stephen Wolf. This show is disappointing, especially when you consider the amount of time Lucasfilm had to cultivate scripts. The writing is at a third grade level. Oof. Lucasfilm is really failing at the highest level. Wow. Do you think that's true? I don't know if it's third grade, but it's okay. It does feel like fan fiction, but isn't that what all Star Wars is now after those first three films? Isn't it to a degree we're all writing our own fan fiction? Isn't Dave Filoni doing that? Isn't Jon Favreau doing that? It's just some of it's better than others. Well, you know, it's interesting to me because I do think like the original Star Wars and Empire, which to me is those are the two high watermarks. Mm -hmm. They were dealing with the grand themes, just like, you know, the best fairy tales have those grand themes in yeah. them and they they deal with the the basic human truths i feel that this story is a contrived story i don't feel it is organic to the character of obi-wan kenobi yeah i i feel that everything that's happened in this they've they wanted to tell the story of these inquisitors but what they haven't done is tell me a real story about a man who suffers this horrible survivor's guilt and has chosen to to exile himself to like overseeing Luke is fine, but no one even knows he's there. Mm-hmm. So uh, the fact that Obi Wan has done this, it's an excuse. Like I'm here to oversee Luke, and I'll leave him, you know, Jawa toys when I can get them. Yeah, and I'll argue with his uncle and say he has to begin the training. But it's been ten years. I'm, I'm gonna give him toys because his sister got to go be a princess, and he has to be a moisture farmer. I don't know. It's a raw deal. I'm, I'm going to put him in the place where his last name is the same as his evil father's last yeah. name was. So no one will look for him there. No one will. Not at all. But but yeah, that's kind of what I, I, I mean, the writing, you would think that the writing would be a little bit more elevated in this. And I do think with, look, everyone likes Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. I like Mandalorian 1 yeah. and 2 as well. Not, not perfect, but I like the, but the writing in Book of Boba Fett and this have been surprisingly subpar. Agreed. And I don't know why. Same. It's disappointing. Jamie Sundays, I hope we also get Joel's screen time next episode. We absolutely will, I believe. I think we will, too. Yeah, what a waste otherwise. Uh, but then again. Yeah, I mean, given what we've got so far, it's, it's possible. Jamie Sundays goes on to say, I hope we get a scene with Obi-Wan in the present talking to a projection of Annie that's in his mind. Just a convo between the two would be so powerful. Ooh. I, I again, I like that idea. Mm-hmm. You know, I like this idea that that the projection would be there. But you know, again, I understand that 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 I, I would I would actually like some. This might seem strange to say, I would like some introspection from Vader himself. Yeah, I mean, Vader knows. Uh, Anakin knows he got played by the Emperor. He knows he's understood like, oh, this was a plot to overthrow the Jedi. So everybody's been undermined. But but I would love to see Vader. What are the ruminations of Darth Vader? Mm. What does he think of all of this? Like, again, this is an opportunity where, to me, Vader has been made, if anything, one note in this show. Yeah. There's not a lot of like I would I would like to have heard more about the philosophical underpinnings of Vader's position. Totally. And and really had some cutting things to say about the Jedi and how hypocritical they were and you're like hmm. he'd be like you, you, you do you understand now how stupid you all really were? Mm-hmm. Like you're trying to train me and what did you do? You lost the galaxy. You know, I love when Vader said you made me when they mm-hmm. first met. But more than that, your idiot Jedi order lost everything. Maybe we'll still get that. I mean, you I would could. love to see Vader just really throw some cutting edge remarks Obi-Wan's way. I'd love to see where he's at too, regardless, because 
we at least say what you will about the prequels. We did see why he was so enticed by the dark side, because it was to save the love of his life. Yep. And that's, you know, Shakespearean tragedy. That's what leads to her demise. Right. So now where is he at? Having known that Padme's death is so intrinsically tied to his choices. And where does that leave him in how he's conducting business around the galaxy? Give me some of those nuggets. I would like to see those nuggets as well. That'd be nice. From Santos Henderson, way better episode. Ben finding an alternate way to win is very much in line with his character. Reva not being evil bothers me, though, seeing as last week she was going to torture a kid for answers. That's my problem, too, there, Santos. I mean, she's been killing Force-sensitive people for 10 years. Yeah. How does she then justify, I would like to take my revenge against Vader because five of my friends died. Mm-hmm. Well, how many hundreds, maybe thousands of people have they killed over the last decade? How does she justify that? I will say this. I did like the fact that there was a great ruse, like Kenobi pulls a fast one with a ship. Yeah. You know, that that I liked. That was great. I mean, mm-hmm. that was something that, that he did. That And I really did enjoy those kinds of moments, which I would like to have had more of. Mm-hmm. Same more thing. agency where I Kenobi should be like he's a badass yeah like when before he was disgraced he's this whole thing should have shown us or let us see him get his mojo back mm-hmm. in a way and I don't think we've had enough of that he's been he's he's not been as proactive enough you know unless he walks into a trap and there's 20 stormtroopers or something yeah but I then agree. he has to act but this was something like I've got a I've got I'm, I've got a deception I'm gonna make a deception happen and yeah he does I like that. I do too. From Tim Flat, the way Vader was toying with Reva instantly made it my favorite Vader reaction uh, scene, even over the Rogue One hallway scene. Oh, Tim, I love that for you then. Because I, I mean, for me, I wish it went further, but I think that it's in line with what should be happening in the story. I just wanted more of it. I, I But I totally agree. It was fun watching him toy with her like she was a gnat. Yeah. And he was just waiting to go. You know, I, it was good. It was good that they did that because again, the thing about Vader is that, that had, that has an intellectual component to it. Like I'm going to toy with her and I'm going to enjoy it without him having to say it. So it told us, it gave us some insight into Vader's character. Oh, for sure. Like I will toy with this woman. And it was, it was cause it was mean that he, it just adds to his meanness. We have seen him physically brutalize and kill people. But we've never seen him use his words so aggressively. Yes. Mm, loved it. I did too. I like that. From Fangblaze71, good action this episode, but that's about all for me. Still feels fan-made. Vader could have easily stopped the second ship same way he did the first, and there was too much shaky cam. Yeah, there were some Blair Witch moments here. Yeah, there really were, which is interesting because that's not Star Wars. No. That fan-made movie, what the the scene number 87 or what it was when Vader and, and Kenobi fight. Yeah. That, there, there's shaky cam in that, but not much. Mm-hmm. But this was, it, it. shaky cam is not a staple of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Beautifully composed shots are. Yeah. And so. I, I mean, I applaud anyone who's going to take a risk with the cinematography here, right? It doesn't sure. always have to be sideswipe transitions and things. Nope. But... I just want it to to pay off for why we're in the battle in that way. Is it to make me feel more immersed? Because it, again, the execution it didn't. Again, feel like it's it was. it's when you're when you are limited by your budget or the way you're shooting. Shaky mm-hmm. cam covers up a myriad of mistakes or that's, a myriad of of production issues that you can cover up by making the camera go like this. That's a great point. Uh, from Daniel, Vader looked dumb, not realizing that Reva survived, like in the comic with Afra. He was awesome until that moment in the episode. I still don't like Kumail in the show. He is playing himself and doesn't fit. How do you feel about Kumail in the show? I, you know, again, I think Star Wars is a, 
it, it, it's a tough thing because I like it when people create characters. Mm-hmm. And I think he is being more like himself. He's very similar to his character in Eternals. Yeah, he's very Kingo. Uh, very Kingo. And it would be interesting if he gave himself, look, whether you like Sun Kang's Inquisitor or not, at least he's trying to do something a little different. Third yeah. sister, you know, I mean, I kind of like that. He's doing some evil, boy. you know mm-hmm. me, I love Sun Kang, so he can do no wrong. Yeah. I just want to see his hair. <laughs> but but I would like to have seen Kingo do a little bit more. Yeah. Well, and I think Kamel Jian too, is just so charismatic and, and and delightful in things that I think that's one of the issues is you do have a, you know, a con artist. And right. how do you play a con artist? As very charming, as very delightful, as very welcoming. So I think that's one of those things we just see him do those kinds of roles, which he does well, right? It's kind of yeah. his golden truth as an actor. He can't not be charming. Right. But if we could get a, just a couple different peaks and valleys in there for him to play with, I think he that would help. He doesn't feel to me like he's in the Star Wars universe. That's fair. I think that's what, what it is. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, um, he feels like he's in whatever universe you could put him in and he'd be the same dude. Yeah. So I, I just wish there were a few moments where we saw him maybe being, cause we saw some comedic shifty moments, right? I really would have liked a few more conniving moments. So then he earns right. that payoff of then deciding to actually help the Jedi and everything, that yep. kind of stuff. Totally agree. Yeah. All right. From Jamie Sundays. I like that we're keeping some Williams themes for the originals, but this score just sticks out like a sore thumb. I don't want the Vader theme in this though. Yeah, I mean, I, it's weird because I, I feel that the musical identity of Star Wars is such a big deal. I mean, when Michael Giacchino came in and did Rogue One, he made he made judicious use of the themes that we all knew, but it worked really, really well. And I think that in this in this 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 show needed a bigger musical identity, mm-hmm. you know. And I really like John Williams' Obi Wan theme, but they've used it very sparingly. And it's a nice piece of music. It's like a four minute long piece of music. They just haven't used much of it. But I think a a musical score, a more prominent musical score would have helped. And I'm not saying I need to hear everyone's on the nose themes. But, you know, I think about uh, pieces of music that I really love that John Williams wrote, like the Asteroid Chase music from Empire Strikes Back. You know, I want that. Mm -hmm. Give me me some of the sweeping this all kind of goes back to what we talked to you on the show today, though, too, is so much of this is so iconic, so legendary. It is above reproach at this point. So when you try to do something different, it already is going to feel out of place. So that is another one of those things, too, where as much as, you know, it's our job to, to nitpick this show and everything, there are moments of, man, am I being too hard on this because I just have these high, high expectations because of things like Empire? Well, but yes, I, yeah, that's exactly why you have high expectations. I mean, it's so good. Yes, and that's that, that's Empire. that's the whole thing. I mean, you're you're now playing with these iconic characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ben Kenobi first established on May twenty fifth, nineteen seventy seven, played by Alec Guinness. I mean, he's been in our pop culture for the better part of a cent- half century. Yeah. So when you're going to do it, and you and McGregor of all the Star Wars actors coming back, he's somebody that was handpicked by Lucas mm-hmm. to come back and play this character early on in his life, and it, you got to. I mean, this is a Lucas legacy character every way. You got to deliver. Yeah. Down to the right notes. Goodness. Stephen Wolf, one of three. Hi, guys. I think this episode had some solid scenes and obviously nostalgia with Hayden. Absolutely. However, this to me did not feel like a penultimate episode. I can see that episode six is going to be. 
rush due to time constraints and which story is left to tell. I think that Disney Lucasfilms doesn't understand that TV storytelling is to allow episodes to breathe and to give more characters depth for the audience to grasp onto. I just feel like the pacing of this show is off. What are your thoughts? Well, I, you know, I tend to agree. I mean, you know, not to compare and contrast, but we talked about the boys together last week. The way that they've set Homelander up as a villain, and even though it's the third season, the way his interplay with all the other different characters has really, the tension. You know what this show doesn't have? Tension. Mm. it's it's missing because we're not aware of what the through lines are. This is the penultimate episode, and we're just now finding out what Reva's mission is. I mean, and I, and I feel like it's hard to sympathize with her character when we've seen her cutting the hands off innocent women. Yeah. I mean, now I'm like, who cares? So Reva was in the Jedi Temple. She's been a villain for 10 years. She's too far gone. Well, and, and I would love... A redemption story coming from all of this, right? Of having all these atrocities committed and then finding your way back and everything. A very Zuko-esque kind of redemption story to borrow from Avatar. Mm -hmm. But that had seasons. Right. That had time. And that it goes back to it's such a disservice to, to your writers, to your characters, to your storytelling as a whole to cram everything into this size. And I know it's typically due to budget constraints, but... If you're going to do something, do it well. Don't half-ass it, whole-ass it. I, I don't want a partially told Obi-Wan Kenobi story. Right. And I also feel like they could have told the story. They didn't even... Look, as much as I love the actress that plays young Princess Leia, mm-hmm. did they need Princess Leia in this? Probably not. You know, the, did they need to take these these detours? Because ultimately, even she... The, the 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 through line now is not necessarily I they'll get her back to Alderaan to her yeah. folks at some point, <laughs> but but now the storyline is not even about her. That was just a move to get Kenobi off. But I, I feel like you had that with this Jedi that came to him for help. Mm-hmm. You know, and he could have told him about the golden path or however these people are the underground railroad, and this guy died because of it. I came all this way to see you, to tell you that you have to come help us. Yeah. They could have bypassed Leia and they could have used these scenes with, with without her and delved more into this Underground Railroad, more into Reva's plight, mm-hmm. more into Anakin, more into Kenobi himself. Because, again... The the watching him uh, letting a man get hanged is is again brings back what he did ten years ago or what he didn't do which was save his own order and he's still he's still allowing other Jedi to die and they haven't even ever acknowledged that again yeah and that happened in this story basically on his watch where he was specifically one Jedi comes and asks him for help nope and then. Bail Organa comes and says, you got to rescue Leia. Well, I know Leia is one of the chosen ones, so I have to make sure she's okay. But what about these Jedi that have been on the run for 10 years? Apparently, they don't matter. Yeah. And that makes me think Kenobi's not as sympathetic as I want him to be. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I think there. And then explore that then, too. I feel beholden to these children. I knew their parents. That's why I'm doing this. I, I'm only making this exception because they are being raised in this way without their mother and father because of me. Give me some help then. And, yeah. and and I like the toy touch. I do think that's really great of it, there's a guilt thing there too, right? But again, just explore it more for me. That's all. And I want to know, did Luke get a T-16 Skyhopper because he had a toy of a T-16 Skyhopper I first? bet. I bet. Okay. That's the... Because he's still playing with it in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. From A. Marcellus, it's out of character for Vader to not finish off Reva. In Fallen Order, he immediately killed Second Sister when she failed. He hates all Inquisitors. 
That's a fair point. Why uh, would yeah. he keep her alive? I mean, they just dabble in the dark side of the force, I guess. <laughs> you know, I, I, I again, that's a really good question. If you have to ask yourself, why did he keep her alive? Like, and why wouldn't you use the final, like, and just yeah. snap her neck mm-hmm. from you were, distance? You were doing it for other people, right? You were doing it for, uh, like, random townspeople, so... Plus, I mean, it would have been really shocking. I know he couldn't have finished her story, but once once it happens for him to kill her that abruptly, mm-hmm. I mean, that you're going to leave her alive of all the other people, but her, she gets to live another day. Because there's going to be a plot point, Rob. I, She's yes. alive for plot. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so we can do the spinoff show. Exactly. From Ryder. Hey, I just survived a saber stab. Maybe we shouldn't just leave Reva here. Grand Inquisitor <laughs> in an alternate universe. Oh, man. Hope finale isn't 40 minutes. I really hope they give us more time on this Yeah, one. me too. I think it is a longer episode. Yeah. I mean, I think it would have to be. And I think Andrew Stanton wrote, he he wrote, he co-wrote this episode. And I think he wrote the last, the up- upcoming episode okay. too. So maybe, maybe it'll be a grand finale. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Or a Grand Inquisitor finale. A Grand Inquisitor finale. How did the Grand Inquisitor survive? Two stomachs. No, oh, okay. But we don't know that. If you just watched this show, you didn't know that his race had two stomachs unless you went to the visual guidebook of something or other. And yeah, how did wow. he survive? We don't Deep know. Deep cuts. Yeah, I That's know. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. All right. From Suthius. Y'all, my hood side went off on that transporter scene. Okay, where the fuck that second one come from? Rewatch the scene. Surely enough, it was there. There you go. Yeah. But Vader couldn't sense that there's not the people he's looking for in one transporter and couldn't sense that they're in the other? Apparently not. Oh, hey, Jonathan, real quick. Did I skip one from Detroit Dog? Or is that just not come in here yet? Okay, well, Detroit Dog, we haven't seen it yet, but if it pops up, we'll read it. And if not, just put it in the chat for me, okay? It Stream. Might be, it might even be up ahead. Yeah, Stream Elements has been wonky lately, you guys, so. Yeah, just bear with us. Thank you, though, for pointing it out. All right. From Jamie Sundays again, I pray to God Reva isn't the one that ends up telling Vader about Luke. That would be a major slap in the face of the mystery of the original trilogy. Well, yeah, I mean, we've already we've been a little loose with canon, which hasn't bothered me too much. I think there are workarounds here. But telling Vader his son is on Tatooine would be a big old slap. Yeah, I don't think and if, if Vader knew that, why wouldn't he just go gather up Luke and train him the ways of the dark side? Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't he's a he's a good kid. Yeah, he'll listen to his dad. Absolutely. From Reggie Phoenix. So we're doing the hate makes you stronger fake death twice in one episode. Uh, Okay. How the hell is Reva getting off planet with that injury? (laughs) Sheer will and determination. You hate somebody enough. You can do anything. kid. That's true. She's got a reason to live. Yeah. She's got to make sure somebody else doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) But we know that that doesn't work out for her. Womp womp. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, is she still out there at the time of uh, a new hope trying to kill him. Another 10 years go by and she's Man. out there. What a bummer if that's the case. I don't know. Daniel. So I'm shocked that they didn't try to digitally de-age Hayden since he looked so much older. It was cool with the flashbacks. The way his face looked took me out of it a bit since it was set before Attack of the Clones. Um, yeah, because he's got both his mitts on him, too. Yes. So we true. know it's pre that. Uh, again, for me, I didn't mind the de- that they didn't de-age because that a lot of times takes me out because it looks worse than an Instagram yeah. filter. Look, if they're not going to allow or they're not going to add any kind of 
uh, aircraft or speeders in the skies above Coruscant, they're certainly not going to have them be de-aged. Take in the out same a couple scene. little wrinkles. Yeah, not going to do mean, that. No. I was fine with it, but I understand if that takes you out of it, though, knowing that canonically this was supposed to take place at a different time and the actors are older. But you know, such is the progression of time. There you go. Yeah. From Suthius, I guess Vader watched a lot of IP Man movies. Wow. IP Man? Am I saying it, man? It Man. Oh, it man. oh what's it man? it man? It Man is a it's a martial arts franchise about it man was a real character, oh. a real a real martial artist. Uh, you have to watch them. Oh man, that was totally lost on me. Okay. Yeah, it man. I actually have the 4K box set. I'm shocked. I'm Just shocked saying. you would have the physical media for that. That's wild. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Wong Kar Wai, one of my favorite directors, mm-hmm. also made an it man movie called The Grand Master. Ooh, okay. And uh, you gotta watch that too. I will check these out. Really good. From A. Marcellus. Hey, Rob, your boy Fifth Brother gets killed by Maul yes, and Star Wars Rebels. Yes, he Justice does. Justice for Fifth Brother. There you oh, go. Man. I know. What are you going to do? Well, and that's another moment, too, right, though, of the issue I have with prequels of, well, we know who, what's going to happen we to know, a lot of yes, these characters. It's that's true. why character's so important. And, and was he, if memory serves, he wasn't in this episode. I don't Fifth believe brother, so. I didn't why didn't he stroll in with a Grand Inquisitor going, ha, ha. That would have been nice. Because I mean, just no a one, Simpsons laugh. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> look. Hey, look what I'm doing to you, babe. <laughs> Taking you out. Oh. From Daniel again, she shouldn't have been stabbed as a youngling either. The Grand Inquisitor species has two stomachs, so I can buy that, but not her survival. Qui Gon wasn't strong enough, I guess. Oh, this is a second part. Sorry. Wow. Um, yeah. I. As, as a more casual Star Wars fan, which, I mean, I'm sure I'll get flack, too, for chiming in on the episode and everything. But I think it's so interesting to learn about the two stomachs. Because I... I, I know everyone's going to be so mad. Um, how dare she say her opinion? Well, but, but again, you know, you can't assume when you're making these shows that people just know this stuff. Yeah. Like, if you're going to skew, if she's going to skewer somebody, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I even put on my Instagram feed the Grand Inquisitor in a hospital bed. And you only see, you only see his bleeding. He's got <laughs> a bandage over one side of him. He's good. And, and uh, uh, it, it's just, you, you, you have to explain that to people. Because yeah. when he just shows up, if you're not an astute viewer, you're not up on the Inquisitor lore, yeah. Wait a minute, how's he alive? Because a bunch of the other, you know, stuff in the universe here, I didn't read the novels, I've only read a couple comics, I really just know the films and the animated companion series. So I always get excited when I learn something like this, but at the same time then it is, well, yeah, how was I supposed to know that if I'm not deep, deep in the Star Wars lore? And, and apparently if you get point. stabbed in the gut by a lightsaber, you just survive. That's the Grand fine. Inquisitor did. Yeah. Third sister did. Yeah. Doesn't everybody? <laughs> Someone in the chat said to feed me to the Sarlacc. It's fair. It's fair. I don't know enough. I deserve the Sarlacc pit. It's apparently pretty easy to get out of. You know, I'm going to I'm going to say something that uh, so uh, this is ridiculous, but I was watching <laughs> last night. I was watching Revenge of the Sith a little bit. Oh, OK. I just, you know, as I'm want to do. Yeah. And I walked, watched the scene where Sam Jackson goes in to apprehend Palpatine. And if you look. The way that a few of those Jedis are dispatched in that scene is utterly ridiculous. Like the, the Emperor just kind of turns around like this and one of them's like, ooh. I mean, I'm like, come on, man. It's just not good. And I really never noticed how not good it was until last night. Yeah, I had rewatched it on the 4th. Um, we ended up fast forwarding through it so we could watch mostly the fight scenes. Yeah. The fight scenes are epic. Yep, and, and that, I know. But, you know, what can you do? 
Jamie Sundays, this is probably the most entertaining episode. I, I think one and five, one being the best. Yeah. But this latest one, I mean, I know we've complained about it, but I I, I, I agree. Like this one more. Lots of stuff was happening that I was enjoying watching. Yeah. I just I can complain about the execution, but I was entertained. Mm-hmm. I would tell Maximus I was entertained. Absolutely. From Detroit Dog, man, I really thought all those Jedi in the hangar and that box of sabers, we were going to see a big Jedi saber fight. Would have been cool to see. It would have been cool to see. Apparently, they don't have the effects budget to pull that off. Yeah. We can only have a few lightsaber blades at a time. But also, I mean, I feel like that also is just user error. A whole bunch of people would have harmed themselves trying to use a lightsaber. (laughs) It'd all be Luke doing the, what is this? It's true. Be awful. From Matuine. Yep, I called it. Every episode mirrors themes from George's six movies. This one was rebels escaping their base as Vader and the troops attack. Empire Strikes Back, which was your joke at the beginning of the show. Yeah, it's episode five. Yeah. But but I, you know, it, it's one thing to mirror sequences. It's another thing to mirror um, subtext. And 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 I, I feel that that's what Lucas means. He doesn't mean that he's going to mirror necessarily the situations. But, but the character plights is something. I guess you could say that Rebels attacking a base, but that becomes, an, it's, that's just a Star Wars cliche. It is. From Josh Kahn, this was better than the last episode, but Rob said it best on the show earlier today. I also feel like Vader has been done bad too. This is one of two. Oh, he is doing nothing for 90% of the series. And for some reason, the writers have his do something cool, powerful, only to not do it two seconds later when it matters most, thus letting Obi-Wan <laughs> escape. That's a fair point, Josh. Yeah, you can't, uh, you can't argue with that. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean... One of the great one of the great things about the Empire Strikes Back is Vader is incredible. He hates incompetence, you know, and he does, he gives no quarter. Uh, Admiral Ozzel came out of light speed too close to the system. He is as clumsy as he is stupid. I can't put up with it. I can't allow you to be an idiot. You don't get second chances. <laughs> We're an imperial, and I feel that 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 Vader has not lived up to that. Maybe someone's like, "Well, Rob, that happens later." But I do feel that that like Vader at this point he's very powerful. He shouldn't put up with any shit, mm-hmm. you know. And it's it don't leave don't leave someone half dead, you know. That you've skewered them with their own lightsaber. Just That's, take them out. You know, it, double tap. Double tap. Got a double That's tap. That's exactly right. All right. From Daniel again. Vader looked dumb, not realizing that Reva lo- survived like in the comic. Oh, I believe we did this one. Yeah. So that's a, a re redo. Uh, Fangblaze seventy one. We've uh, oh, so these are a lot of repeats. Yeah, let me just look because <laughs> stream elements. Stream elements, you guys. It's been real funky. Refresh, and when I went to refresh, So I logged back in, and now I wonder if things are like out of order. Oh no! So we just did Daniel. We did that, right? Mm-hmm. Marcellus, did we do that? Yep. Okay. We've done these, this, Stephen Wolf. Sorry, All Chad. right. Is this quality entertainment, I'm guys? Being, I'm being hypnotized. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, is it just Raymond oh. Reddington? Okay, oh wait, did we do this one? I don't think so. Nope, and then movie we talk, we didn't do. No. Um, and then Tim. The Tim Plow, we yeah. didn't do either. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, there we go. This yeah. is Sam Fisher. There, there we go. There we here. go. Okay. So, uh, Sam Fisher. So no de-aging on Hayden then. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I know for some of you guys, it took you out of this, but I I don't know. For me, I don't think it's a worthwhile 
thing yeah, for the I mean, budget. I, yeah. But but I can again, I can totally understand if that takes you out of this narratively. So, you know. Plus, it was a flashback, so yeah. I, it could be in someone's mind. That's you true. know, so I'm like, all right. And he's like, I wonder what Anakin looks like now, but with his old haircut. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know how you daydream about people, uh, Jamie Sundays. Um, oh, did we do that one? Oh yeah. Oh no! Stream elements, you bastard. I don't think so. Okay. Um, oh no, we did this one because of the torturing the kid. Oh. Um, Joel Screen Time, we did. Uh, Stephen Wolf. Yeah, I don't think we, we did. did that. This show is disappointing. Or is that um, third grade level? We did that one. Yeah. Tim, we didn't do Kenobi episode one. Good episode two. Okay episode three. Really good episode four. Bad episode five. Awesome episodes. Episode six. Oh no! Please don't botch the finale. I'm glad that you're. I mean, you're on a roller coaster here, Tim. But aren't we all? Aren't we it's all? True. But I, I really do. I would love. I would love for everything to be answered. And again, I know I'm asking a lot, and I, I don't necessarily want to paint by numbers here. You don't have to hold my hand and walk me through this story. But I do expect a level of nuance that it's missing. And I'm really hoping that episode six sticks the finale. You know, this is going to seem weird and off the wall, but there's a BBC series called Bodyguard. I love Bodyguard. Okay, it stars Richard Madden. Yes, it's so good. It's six episodes. Yeah. If you look, if I was going to do an Obi-Wan Kenobi series, if I was in charge of writing it, Mm -hmm. I would think to myself, okay, you know what? I'm going to look to the six episode bodyguard. It's different, but kind of not. And because well, you have the narrative structure, uh, the narrative structure is there, yeah. and 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 you could figure out a way to to work something like that in. That uh, that show is incredibly satisfying, and it's really good. And, mm-hmm. and and the tension, you know, it opens with a terrorist bomb on a on a train. That's the you could cut the tension yeah. with a knife. And I feel like it would again when I always say take the Star Wars out of it and plot plot the show without Star Wars mm-hmm. in it figure out what your story is and then you can weave in the Star Wars back into the tale I think yeah. something like that would have helped I think so too from Movie Talk hi crew I'm enjoying Kenobi so far not loving it I don't know why people hate this show so much I'm liking it it's not perfect 7.5 out of 10 all shows and film are subjective and they are they really yeah, are. They are but I think with you've got 45 years of Star Wars mm-hmm. there have been it, whether whatever format you're looking at, whether it's animation, I mean, a lot of the Clone Wars was really good. Rebels was good. You've got the movies. I mean, that hit and miss, but still, you've got 45 years of Star Wars to bring back Obi Wan Kenobi in a show like this. I feel that this should be a list all the way. This is an A list property. It's it's you're dealing with Kenobi. Make yeah. it happen. Make it good. Spend the time. Spend the money. I think so too. From the great Bondi, is it just me or is there something wrong with the scale of the ships on some shots? Or maybe the rendering perspective is off? I don't know, but something feels wrong. I agree with that. I mean, uh, that ship, the ship that Vader, how big is that ship? Mm-hmm. You, you don't have a sense of the size of anything. And I think that's because you're not seeing it in comparison to anything. And by the way, some of those effects, this, the, the effects on the show are a complete sketchathon. I mean, everything is sketchy, you know, and and uh, I don't know why that is. You think you think like ILM, like they'd have the models ready to go like this is some basic stuff and they can't make it work. I just I because I've never worked in post-production too, aside from audio editing and things like that. A lot of that nuance is lost on me where I'm just like, yeah, this looks good. This is space. That's fine. So I'm that's one of the things I probably suspend my disbelief for the most. I'm like, yeah, that's a ship. Okay. 
But <laughs> Star Wars has a very distinct the star fields look very distinct. Planets look very distinct. It has a distinct look, and rightly or wrongly, if you're going to make movies and shows in the Star Wars universe, you have to adhere to the look, even of space itself. That's fair. That's fair. All right, from Raymond Reddington, sitting in a $22 super chat. Thank you, Raymond. They're so generous of you. Episode 5, to me, was awful. I hated the twist that Reva wanted to capture Obi-Wan just so that she could get close to Vader. Surely Vader would have gone to the base where the Inquisitors are several times. Second part of this... And Reva just got after, just going after force sensitive people just to get close to Vader was a stupid decision. Well, I love that this is back to back with people talking about how, like, this is pretty good for me because it does talk about the subjectivity of this. Yes, it you does. You might love this, you might hate it. You know what, though? Do people really love it? Or, or are they just giving it a pass because it's Star Wars and it's Obi Wan Kenobi? I mean, maybe. No, but I, I, feel, I feel like a lot of people's critical acumen. There's a lot of goodwill. I love Star Wars. I don't like to dislike Star Wars. I, I tend to, I want to look for the good in things. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I can feel the conflict. With I, the I was gonna there say, is no I was gonna say, conflict. Look for the good in things. We look to this whole discussion. <laughs> but again, again, that's that's the job though, right? Is to, to be critical, to find things that could be improved upon here. Because um, it, it wouldn't be a particularly interesting show, you guys, if it was just us sitting here being like, yeah, it's fine. That was awesome. I liked it. I liked it. It's fine. It was okay. I mean, our, our, we're here to be, we're here to be offer critical acumen. Yeah. Why are you yeah. laughing? Ray Orr is laughing why, at us. Why are you laughing at our critical acumen? <laughs> Should we talk more about Star Trek? <laughs> Um, from Jamie Sundays, Lucasfilm should give a Godfather offer to Vince Gilligan to bring his team on for a Star Wars project. I need a writing team I can trust to deliver. I would love that. Ooh. I mean, but if you think about the the, if you look at Breaking Bad and you look at Better Call Saul, they deal with the same kinds of issues in terms of what happens. Walter White essentially became a Sith Lord. Mm-hmm. He was corrupted by the dark side of the Force. Yeah, and you could follow that trajectory and go, okay, well. It wasn't exactly Star Wars, but it was still the trajectory of a character like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could see that. would be great. I'd love to see a show like that. That would be nice. From Bert, Rob is a Hot Toys connoisseur. Do you expect them to release a 1-6 model of self-snitching Bail Organa inspired by his reveal of the boy? Uh, you know, I don't know that... I, I, I don't see them releasing that figure, but... You know, it's not like he wasn't in Revenge of the Sith, and I could see maybe, but I just don't know how many people would buy that figure. What are the accessories? Does it come with a young Princess Leia? It comes with a Lola. It comes with a disappointed wife. Although I could see a third-party figure making it like Space Dad. Oh, absolutely. I could see that. Space Smiths. But but you know what? Hot Toys (laughs) will do anything with these modern shows. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. From A-Rod 2006, I love the films, but after Mando, Boba, and now Obi-Wan, episodic TV has been a godsend for Star Wars, in my opinion. Oh, okay, so you're really into this. I love that for you, A-Rod. It's good. You know, hey, it's good to love things. Absolutely. And again, even though we might not love every single thing about this show or any of these shows, everyone's going to have their own opinions. and They're going to find some delicious little nugget in there that works for them. Well, the funny thing about like Mando, they kind of like there was an ongoing storyline with who is Grogu? What's the mystery of Grogu? But I like those individual morsels. And it was more based on like a 50s or a 60s Western TV show. And you got in, you got out. And it's like, cool. 
you know, there was not a lot of time where you're going, wait a minute, because Mando was new. Mm-hmm. I mean, when Cad Bane would show up or somebody like that, those are characters we knew, or, or whether it's Ahsoka or Bo-Katan. We did know these characters, but you don't know them that as well as, say, Kenobi or whatever. So they got away with that. Yeah. Which I liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Triple A sent us a super chat. Thank you, guys. You helped me so much with all my car problems earlier this year. Uh, from Michael Johnston. Sure hope that Luke kid ends up okay in the next episode. Yeah, I'm like, um, I don't feel a whole... Let me tell you, Chris, I was really worried about him. And then I thought to myself... <laughs> I'll bet you nothing happens to that young Luke kid. I'll bet you it doesn't happen. <laughs> I got happen. a gut feeling that, that he's going to be okay. I mean, it does all lead up to Star Wars and like we're not going to. Oh, although, spoiler alert, wouldn't it be interesting if that kid actually gets murdered and they replace him with some rando? There's and a you realize, Yeah, or you realize that Luke's journey to the force was an actual real person. Making the journey, you know, that's he was strong with the force. He had no midi midichlorians. He wasn't part of Vader's bloodline. He just thought he was because nobody could tell him that he wasn't. You know, Uncle Owen and Emperor. How about there's a retcon for you, which would make Luke's story even that much more poignant. I really do want Reva just walking around with like a little like diabetes blood tester being like, can I see? Can I check your metachlorians? But don't they know already? They would be force sensitive, wouldn't they? Wouldn't they know? know? I guess they not. would. I they would. Know. Empire fan, nineteen eighty. Man, I want a what if episode of what if Vader found that message. How would that have changed everything? I I would love a one off that is outside of canon. I think that'd be really fun. I I do too. A what if mm-hmm. when Vader just kills everyone? Yeah. Why put up with any BS? All these people are idiots. I'd walk into the the first thing I you you, you, you the the room where he walks in. Uh, your sad devotion to that ancient religion is in Star Wars. Yeah. He would just walk in and kill everybody. Mm-hmm. And then kill Tarkin and take the Death Star for himself. Reign of terror across the galaxy. <laughs> I, that's, I'd love to that's see that. That's all I want. That's Sorry. all I want. Uh, from Black Rice 19, I'm still trying to figure out how Reva survived being stabbed through the chest with a lightsaber. I guess Vader just missed all the vital organs. It's, it's like in Our Flag Means Death. No, you just stab me here, and then you miss everything. It's fine. <laughs> it cauterizes the wounds. That's true. You know. There is that. There is that. From Echo Base TV, this was the best worst episode by so far. <laughs> gentlemen, oh, gentlemen, gentlemen. Oh, goodness. Okay. From Black Math 88, did Rita really think she could take Vader? I, I think she did. Apparently, she thinks she that. She did. After 10 years, she yeah. hasn't learned much. Nope. Not, not a lot. From uh, Extant Crab, why are they so against using the Imperial March? Probably because they'd have to pay royalties and it would up the budget. You know, do it. There hasn't really been anything grand scale. No, that's true. Although it would have been cool using the Imperial March when all the the garrison massed outside the the door to the base. I would have liked that. That'd be pretty nice. From Dominic, everything with Obi and Vader is great. Rest is meh. I mean, I do think that's fair. I like those moments a lot. And that's why, again, like you've been talking about, Rob, I want... I want them to dive into that guilt. Yes, survivor's guilt. And yeah, I do too. Of course, you know, that's not really Star Wars. This is for kids, Rob. We don't mm-hmm. want to get into those, you know, deep, dark human emotions. Yeah. What are we going to do? 
from, from Mansplainer some support. And that is taking care of the rest of these, I believe. Unless, chat, please let me know. I know Detroit Dog, you were saying you tried to submit one that we missed. If you can let me know in the chat what we were supposed to say, I'd really appreciate that. Um, is that it? I believe so. Until until I get word from our friend here, Detroit. Um, we did, so that yeah, might have been it. Okay. Uh, I think that was it. I just wanted to double check because people were saying I still... Uh, I still miss stuff. So I just want to be sure. I want to make sure everyone's taken care of. Well, I mean, that is the penultimate episode of Kenobi. We have one more next week. Hopefully it's an extra long episode. Do you have any predictions about what's going to happen? Luke Skywalker is going to make it out of this alive. Really? I think so. I And I think we're going to have a really, really awful end to Reva. Um, because, I mean, how else does she get to exist in this world? Uh, otherwise, she's going to do a, a self-imposed exile herself too, which maybe that's the way the story goes. But oh, I think that I, think uh, I, I, I did not ending. read whatever the Reddit leaks. People keep writing yeah, me, Rob. The leaks it. are true. I'm like, I just pretend I know. Yeah, man, the leaks are true. Yeah, I don't know what the leaks are. I didn't read them, but whatever the leaks are, I'm sure Reeve is. Isn't she going to get her own show now? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe that's what we get next. I, I who knows? But we'll. We'll know next week. What was Reva, Reva McIntyre on tour? <laughs> Reva McIntyre. <laughs> It'll be funny because if it's Reva McIntyre on tour, she'll she'll just sing this whole the whole thing oh, about her. How, uh, I mean, think about all the country music she could write. Works too hard. Single mom and her plight as a child, how she was beaten as the Inquisitor. Oh, you know, it would be It'd great. It'd be intense. It'd be very intense. I'd like that. Well, that's it for us. I want to thank you. Delightful to do another show with you, Chris. Yeah, Carr. this has been so fun, Rob. Uh, you know, if, if if I didn't know any better, I'd say we'd be, we're just being groomed to take over this channel. I feel like it. I know. Yeah. We're 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 gonna. There, there's gonna be nothing else. Just mm-hmm. us and Ray and Jonathan. <laughs> and I want to thank all of you for generously supporting this show via super chats and tips. Thank you so very much. And I want to thank our sponsor, Mint Mobile, for supporting these after shows there's so much fun to do we have a couple more uh john campia we don't know because he's feeling under the weather yeah. whether there will be do we know if there's a miss marvel show later today we don't know sure. uh we also have a boys after show coming up on friday yep. and i think that's all we have for this week in yeah. terms of after shows and then exactly. of course the john campy show every day and mailbags and all of those great things that we mm-hmm. have on the channel so my name is Robert Meyer Burnett. Chris, where can people find you? You can find me at, at actor Chris Carr on both Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter at Burnett RM. Find me on uh, Instagram at RM Burnett or find me on my own YouTube channel or website, Post Geek Singularity or PostGeekSingularity.com. And remember, don't give in to hate that leads to the dark side. And may the force be with you.